Hey, Hoagie's Garage, take two tonight, Tobe. Should be another good one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yep, because the man should have lots of lots of knowledge and experiences and things to share because he's been doing it for a few years. Yeah, you got that right. So, but but yeah, so I'm it's it, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one, I think. Yep. Do you have any other news? Well, the wife's been texting me. And I did see that the Central Line girls won now, so now I think they got to go to state, don't they? Yep. So now we'll see if I got to go down there or not. <laughs> we'll see. But I don't know if you look that excited, but it's yeah. it's good for Heather because you know we we support them with racing. She's yep. the yep. head girls uh, basketball coach, but yep. her her boys do some go kart racing. Yep. We got Reagan and River racing, so now they get to go to state. Yeah. Should be a I'm good assuming time. she'll take them along. <laughs> Unless there's a race on. The other day they were home watching the race during the boys' home game the other day. The, oh, kids, the boys didn't come. They stayed home to watch the races in Florida. <laughs> yeah, so. You bet. But like we had talked, we're going to have Terry McCarl on. Yep. There there could be a story or two. I would think there should be something. Yeah. he's He's been racing for a long time. We're so. going to find out how long because I don't really know. You bet. All right, when we come back, Terry McCarl. Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Jaden Snyder, and I'm currently a physical therapy student at the University of Iowa, as well as a personal trainer and former collegiate athlete. And I'm Colin Snyder. I'm currently a strength coach at the University of Texas at Arlington and a former collegiate athlete as well. We have teamed up to create Snyder Health Recovery and Performance Training, also known as SHARP Training. This is an online personal training service with different programs that are catered to your needs and goals. Sharp Training includes both pre-made and custom programs that are delivered on a monthly subscription basis. These are delivered through the Team Builder app, along with exercise demo videos and further instructions that you may need. Purchase of a program also includes free access to a PDF guide called the Sharp Edge. This includes diet, supplement, sleep, and other lifestyle habits that you can implement to improve your health and performance. All right, we're back at Hoagie's Garage, and we have Terry McCarl. Terry, how are you doing tonight? Great. Doing well. <laughs> and what's this? I hear you're in Florida yet. Can't be all bad down there. Yeah, we try to um, come up with any reason we can to not leave this state. Um, it's uh, the weather's been great as usual, and uh, we decided kind of to run, go up and run Milton two day USCS show at Milton, Florida this weekend, like we did last year. Oh, okay. So you're racing this weekend, so then you're not going to Georgia to watch Austin. No, he's going to be running tomorrow night and then this Saturday night, but. Yep. Uh, yeah, we thought about maybe going and watching him and watch and babysitting Cole, but uh, this other race popped up, or it's, I mean, it's been up for a while, but we just decided to go there and race. You bet. That'll work. You bet. Got my crew, I got my crew chief, Lori McCarl, already. She's uh, going to have, I'm going to get a, a towel in her back pocket and, you know, a tire tape in her front pocket with a 916 wrench and <laughs> get her get her to wear maybe a bandana or something on her head be a mechanic. But she's not going for that, so we're going to have to talk yeah. her into it. We'll have to we have to say something to her this summer up at Houston's too, if, once in a while. <laughs> see if we can get her, get her into that pit crew mood more and more. And, you know, what we really should do is have her on the show sometime, and she yeah. can give us... Her perspective of, you know, her husband and all of her kids racing and what that all puts her through. Yeah, that's uh, all the women out there, whether they got a son or a daughter or a husband racing, they uh, special people that do put up what they put up with. And then she's got all the above, basically, just yeah. two sons and and, uh, and me racing. It's just, I don't know how she does it, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, 
You run that by her and we'll be happy to do that sometime with her. But let's let's kind of get way back to when this all started for you, Terry. I I assume you started racing because your dad was a racer. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's kind of uh, it's like my good friends, both their dads are attorneys. They're both attorneys. So, uh, you know, I've been around it my whole life with my dad racing and, and his older brother actually raced too. So I think there's been a... I think he raced in the late 50s at Knoxville. I, his name was Ivan McCarl. So there's been a McCarl racing for a lot, a lot of years at Knoxville. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's born with you. It's in your blood. You get, you get, uh, unfortunately, I think, I tell people all the time, I've never <laughs> done drugs. I've never done drugs, but I think heroin would have been easier on my body and easier on my checkbook. But, um, uh, <laughs> but it is kind of uh, that way. You get that shit in your blood, and you, it's really hard to get rid of it. Yeah, and it's that way with fans too. I think you know, yep. fans. It's like you know, it's like uh, when dads take their sons to little, or I'm sorry, to major league baseball games, get them hooked on baseball when they're little, and they're lifelong fans of baseball. It works that same way with yep. you know all the fans out there bringing their kids to, to to local dirt tracks, and they get hooked on it, and you know, fall in love with the the, the drivers that are kicking butt at that time, and that's their heroes. So it's uh, that's why we need to bring all the kids, get the kids out there all the time, and get them to the races, and make sure they come down and get autographs and get pictures and that kind of yep. stuff, and get some get some hooked young. Like that's, we were. That's the fans of the future. I mean, that's what you got to have. And, you yeah. know, we, we just had Doug Johnson on, and Doug, Doug was, uh, you know, we told him that you were going to be on, and he's like, there's probably not a bigger promoter, race fan. car driver fan than Terry McCarl. But Anybody more passionate. That, that's the one thing I love <laughs> about Houston's is 12 and under is free. Yep. Yeah, I think a lot of tracks are doing that now, and it's a smart thing to do. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Get them hooked, right? So. Well, the nice thing about Houston versus, say, Knoxville, Cappy told me back in the day, he said, you know, people would always take the Cappy to do that. He's like, a problem I have is they're right in town. He said, and these, you know, the local people figured out we're letting them in free, and they'll just come and drop their kids off, you know, at 7 Daycare. o'clock at night on Saturday night and go out. They'll go out to dinner and just leave their kids. we got to kind of babysit them, and they're out running around being little hell. Yes. The nice thing about Houston is, you know, the little kids are going to, are going to walk out there. Their parents aren't really going to drop them off like that. So uh, it's a little better. Racetrack is daycare. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh. So what did you start out driving, Terry? Did you jump right into sprint cars or did you do something before that? Or, um, I mean, that's why I, I, I'm not a big fan of these, you know, young little kids racing these big cars. I, I'm against it really, but you know. especially a sprint car, you know, it's, it's, um, but to give the kids, these young guys credit, you know, I think video games are, are huge and they're getting so realistic. You know, I, I actually learned a lot racing a video game underneath the grandstands at Knoxville called Sprint 8. And it was really antiquated compared to today's world by far. But there for a long time, I still thought about the way I raced that thing and stayed smooth and didn't get excited. And there's a lot of things to learn. Now there's a ton of things to learn from video games. And these guys are every, every sport, whether it's baseball or wrestling or whatever, they're starting these kids off at four or five years old. And so by the time they get to... 14 years old they've got a ton of experience yeah on the conversely i my dad did not want us to race i had two brothers and uh my dad broke both his legs twice and broke his back and got hurt a bunch of times and you know it was really really dangerous it's still dangerous for it but it's really dangerous back in those days the oh, yeah. wing cars and you know the safety the seats were so different the helmets were so different and uh you know he didn't want us to race and i get it um but um, i didn't i didn't he wouldn't help us do a thing he would not help us race at all so I um I bought a go kart when I turned eighteen myself without his help, 
and then I the week before I raced uh, Daryl and Gloria's Aaron's car at Knoxville, I started the sprint car for the very first time. I'd never started a sprint car until the week before I ran it. So, <laughs> um, there, that shows you the difference between kids these days now, as far as experience and guys like me. I mean, a lot of guys my age didn't start till they were you know twenty years old or whatever. So, um, I, so I I only raced go karts for one year and. That's a story I've told a lot of times. It's a sad story, really, in it. But Daryl and Daryl Gloria and their son uh, got cancer, Chris, and he was Daryl's, you know, I think best friend and right hand man on the car. And and uh, he came to my dad built their cars and was good friends with them. And I remember him come to my dad's shop about I don't know, I think it was like December or something or late in the fall. And and he said, I got this lump under my arm. I'm not sure it might be cancer. And I was like, Oh, it might be cancer. And he died before the season started. So um, sad story. But what happened was Daryl had a very, very nice car, had a lot of great drivers drove it. Randy Smith, Jerry Potter. I mean, on and on and on. He had a lot of great drivers <clears throat> built the engines himself, you know, had a three, three <laughs> steel block engine with 10 heads on it. And, uh, uh nobody called him. I think they all thought Daryl was going to quit because Chris had passed. Sure. And, uh, I called him up one day and actually Lori and I were just kids. I mean, I was 18, 19. And so she was, you know, 17 and she was sitting right there when I called him in my basement and uh, asked him to drive the car. And, and he said, yeah. So I think because I was friends with Chris and I was kind of that age, I mean, I was younger than Chris, but, um, and then we just took off from there. We had a blast together and I didn't know anything about setting up a race car. And, and Chris kind of set the car up. Daryl was the motor guy. So Daryl really wasn't some setup guru by any means. We just, did some stuff that we thought was right. And, uh, you know, the first year we, uh, I saw top 10 in points, got rookie of the year at Knoxville. And then the second year we won three weekends in a row actually. And, and then I was leading championship night and blew a tire. And I think we were leading another one and, and broke a mag. He told me before he passed. So uh, we won three features and almost won five. And I, I actually have that race car in my garage in my house right now. Really? It's a, yeah. The funny part was it, in, when I won with it in 1986, it was nine years old. So uh, it was a nine-year-old Macaro car my dad had built. I sit and look at that thing all the time, and he built the steering arms, he built the radius rods, he built the bumpers, he built the car, he built every, he built the seats, he built everything on that car pretty much. So uh, it's pretty amazing the talent the guy had. You take it for granted when it's your dad, and you see it every day on the shop. Yeah, but yeah. I, I wish I knew half of what he uh, what he knew. That's yeah. really cool to have something that, like that. that. That's like driving your first car, and uh, you know you still have it today, which. I wish I had. No, yeah. <laughs> Me too. You know, you're, you're, <laughs> we all do. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, you're the you're the side note, but you're I think you're the second driver now. I think it was Craig Delansky got in the car the first time. Didn't even know how to put it in gear necessarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Craig, Craig's uh, daughter's married to my son Carson. I've I've heard that story. That's funny, but yeah, he so, had the passion for it and, and he wanted to do it bad and he yep. he made it happen. So now we know two guys that didn't know nothing about it, just climbed in and drove. And it worked out really well, actually, well for both you know, of you. After after two years of racing, because Daryl didn't travel much, he didn't have much money. And um, after two years of racing, I had never raced anywhere, but he you know, he would take me to the Jackson Nationals. The only place I raced those two years I drove for Daryl, uh, 85 and 86, was the Jackson Nationals. And um, and uh, that's the only place that he would go besides that. So uh, after two years of racing, I had only raced – those two tracks and uh, really hadn't raced probably about, about 35 times or so 40 times maybe and and that's why later on i ended up moving to california driver country builders because i just wanted to race short tracks or you know around us at the time knoxville jackson that type of thing there really wasn't meant much for short track racing so i, I moved out there and drove for country builders in 1990 just so i could get on those you know all them short tracks chico and all the places yep. they had out there so so that 
that was my next question. So where <laughs> you said you drove for him for two years and then you moved to California. Is that what you did? No, um, I drove for, uh, actually it's kind of a funny story too. In, in 87, uh, I drove for Daryl 85, 86, 87. Um, cause we were doing so well. I got a ride with Bob Vielhauer and the Beaver tool and drill 12 X, which my son Carson is going to drive for this year. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. And then, uh, and then often of course the drive for country builders that I drove for 90, 90, <laughs> but, um, I was, um, it, it, it's a really crazy story. I hate to take up all your time. But no, we love this. Uh, is your show. We're just here. Well, your your viewers or your listeners would kind of get this. So it's a really crazy, crazy thing happened. Uh, in 87, my dad had an outlaw team with Chuck Merrill, the 5M car, and and uh, Jimmy Stills was driving it. And about halfway through the season, he uh, had, was having some marital problems. He was on the road, and you know, I don't know the backside. Jimmy's a great guy. And so he left to go back to California to, you know, straighten out things with the wife, whatever. So my dad was looking for a driver, and I was like, you got to hire Dave Bradway. He is awesome. He's a, I just, I loved him. He was a stud. He could build an engine. I said, that guy's the only person I know that probably isn't scared to fight Steve Kinzer. I go, this guy is awesome. <laughs> and so, uh, so my dad called him up and got him. And I don't know if any of the fans out there remember this, 1987. Dave Bradway flew in, and I drove all. We had a dually back then, and it was Dave and me and my dad, and I think a helper, and we drove up to Houston and ran Houston on a Sunday. And Dave told this is kind of I didn't want to talk about this much with Clyde Lamar still alive, but he's passed on. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. I don't know if he knew the story, but Dave was driving for Clyde Lamar in the Tri C Machine Three C, and they were going to Skagit the next weekend. That was a really, really big, big, big race on the West Coast. Big money, big race. Still is. Yep. And um, he told my dad, he's like, I'm going to drive for Clyde next weekend it's gadget and I'm gonna quit and uh and then I'm gonna come back and race for you on the World of Outlaw tour. So he's like awesome. So we ran Houston on Sunday. I remember driving home with Dave the whole way sun's coming up, just talking to him. I mean I thought this guy was awesome. I he was. Uh there's a talent that you know passed too soon for sure. But <clears throat> so that was Sunday. The next Saturday and this never happens, Knoxville rained out. I'm driving the twelve X Beaver Tone Drill car. And Knoxville rained out and ran Sunday. And my dad had Rocky Hodges in his car, the 5M, and for just that weekend. And then, uh, so Knoxville rained out, ran Sunday. Skagit, the finale, rained out and ran Sunday. And, of course, Houston's ran Sunday. Yeah. Right? So I'm running third in the 12S car. I broke a wheel and got upside down. And uh, and then Rocky Hodges hit me in my dad's car, the 5M that, that Dave Badway drove. And it, it literally flipped me backwards. I had a really bad, I was in the hospital till Wednesday, the really bad concussion. And, and, uh, my dad came in, came into the, the, the hospital and he said, Dave Bradway got killed. Dave Bradway on Sunday, Skagit got killed. Bill Rook got killed at Houston with the track official. And yep. I got into a really bad wreck and it about killed me at knoxville so it was kind of a wow. crazy intertwined sunday i haven't really told that story much but uh, it was a really really weird situation that kind of went down just how everybody was you know david came and raced houston's where bill was at you know the week before sure. the 5m's the car that ran into me and and then dave was killed out of skagit on sunday so it was kind of a crazy crazy deal like i said knoxville really never i don't know why they did that they canceled and and went to went to Sunday, and they never did that. Of course, Gadget did it because it was such a big race. And, sure. 
but kind of a crazy, crazy bad Sunday. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I, I, well, I was there with Bill Rook that night. We were there, but I didn't know nothing about any of the rest of that. That's that's a that's a very interesting story. But it is sad, but very interesting. So, when did you become like your own team? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I drove for Country Builders. Oh, that's about that. I drove for Country Builders 90, 91, 92. We went on the Outlaw Tour. And I took them out too soon. I was young, gung-ho guy. I welded an old, you know, I was welded first driver, really, in 90, 91. And we were kicked butt out in California doing great. And I just wanted to go out racing, and, and we did. And and he wasn't ready. You know, there was no internet. There was no cell phones. I couldn't keep, there was no race monitor even, yeah. you know, or, or uh, my race pass. And uh, definitely no pay-per-view. <laughs> and and he called me, you know, April, May, and said, hey, Terry, man, I want to see my car race. And I, and I obviously, and that makes sense to me now, but at the yeah. time, you know, I'm, I'm young and dumb and wanting to go on outlaw races. So, uh, anyway, we just kind of finished the season on that deal. And then, and then he, you know, brought the car back out to California and raced other drivers and Craig Smith and Ronnie Day and some folks. And then I started my own black number 27 and, and uh, raced that year, 90, 93 it would be. <clears throat> and then uh, drove for Weikert at the start of 94. I drove for Bob Weikert. I won won uh, Jacksonville, Florida All-Star Show in it. And then we ran seventh at East Bay. And then I went back to Lincoln, Pennsylvania. We won the second night. Of, I, actually, the first night at Lincoln, Pennsylvania, the steering broke and I fractured my wrist. And then the next week I came back and won in Bob Weikert's car at Lincoln. And it was in the end of Weikert's Bob's, you know, owning career. And he was, yeah. it was such an awesome thing just for me to drive that 29 that I see yeah. Doug Wolfgang and Kenny Weld and all these guys drive. So it's such an honor to drive for him. And I got my picture of victory lane with them a couple of times. And it was, it was such an honor to drive that car, but I just, uh, the motor situation wasn't that great. And then he fired my mechanic. So I just quit and, and came back home and, you know, kind of pieced some stuff together. And then in, uh, I'm trying to think. 95, uh, I started driving for Roger and Laura Hall, Russ Hall's parents, and Bill McCroskey sponsored us. Uh, and then uh, that, that's when I became number 24, was 1995. That just so happens to be the same year that Jeff Gordon became number 24. So I didn't, I didn't, cop, I didn't copy Jeff. <laughs> I was going to say, he uh, was copying you, probably. <laughs> no, I don't think so, but I wish. But, uh, yeah, so 95 is when I started my own team with, with Roger Laura and then Bill McCroskey and then Bill McCroskey and I kept it going from there. So that's kind of where the 24 started. So you, you're first were 27 for a little bit. Why 27? And then later on, why 24? Well, that's a good question. This is a true story that when I first met my wife, I was in little league football. I was, I was 14 and she was 12 and I had a, my black number 27 jersey on that was my number in football and i still have it to this day i still have it and uh it was made for me to wear shoulder pads back then so it fits me now but with no shoulder pads so. <laughs> so she says it doesn't fit but yeah kind of whatever anyway so that's why i was 27 that year and then we went number 24 because that was roger and laura hall's number they had they had raced go-karts that owned go-karts and had go-kart teams and stuff and they wanted to own a sprint car, and they were number 24, so it just stuck with me after that. That's awesome. That's a cool story. <laughs> we like stories. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not much of a storyteller. Oh, well, you're doing pretty good, then. You're doing a heck of a job tonight, Terry. <laughs> so 
we've done, you know, we do a little research when we get a chance. And, and you've won just about everywhere that you've raced at some point in time. And I think we read that maybe like 21 different states and Australia and like 70 some different tracks. Um, how have you been able to do all this in your career? I mean, you've been busy racing like your whole life just about. Uh, I'm just old. You can't do that stuff unless you race a whole bunch, I guess. Doug Wolfgang told me you can't win 50 features unless you race 150. So uh, I've just been uh, fortunate enough to be able to keep racing, I guess, especially as much as many bones as I broke. But uh, it's uh, I just uh, I love I love racing. I'm passionate about it, and it's what I do for a living. So it's, it's either this or a real job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> So, um, what, what, what was it like in Australia? What, what year were you in Australia or did you go more than once? Oh no, I've been, I don't know, 12, 12, 13 times, I think. Um, okay. Uh, first time I went, um, yeah, I don't know what year that was. It was Austin and Carson were like three and five, I think. So it's been about 25 years ago. <laughs> I drove for Sid Moore, uh, Melinda Dumsney's father, Max Dumsney's uh, father-in-law. Okay. And, uh, they, they flew me over there kind of last-minute deal. And actually, it was great. We uh, ended up winning a World Series race at Newcastle. And me and Brooke Tatnell went out a big time, and and uh, we were able to win that. I was super pumped for Sid because him and George Tatnell talked on the phone all the time, and Sid's car wasn't doing that well right then. And so it gave uh, gave Sid some bragging rights for at least a week to, <laughs> with uh, with Brooke's dad to sit and yak at each other on the phone. It was kind of fun to listen to him go at it. But uh, that was a good time. And then uh, – uh, I ran really good at the classic with them, and then uh, on the final, the final, I, I got the typical Terry McCraw got the car too tight, I think, and backed up a bit. But uh, and then I, I ran second in the classic for Colin Bulmer, and the classics like they're Knoxville Nationals. Yep, That's yep. a big, 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 fun, super fun event. If anyone out there listening can go, it, it's a great event. It's right on the ocean, and it's a blast to go do. It just reminds me of Knoxville when I was a kid. A lot of fun, and and um, I've ran second in the President's Cup, which is kind of one of their bigger events. I ran second to a bunch of them, but I won, uh, I won on, uh, after the classic one year was their Australia day. That's like their July 4th. And they had a big race at Warren bowl. And I won that. Uh, so, uh, we've been pretty, we've been pretty fast. So they're done pretty well. That's cool. cool. That's cool. Um, you know, last week we watched, uh, Austin McCarl win on the second night, <laughs> um, down at East East park. And he was pretty emotional on the, on the stand. Uh, I think that track means a lot to the Macaro family. And I don't know, could you just maybe explain some of his emotions that night? Well, it's just, I've got a picture of my dad racing there in 1977 when they first opened it, you know, every year, my dad and all his buddies with Ron Perkins and Trossels and all those folks would head down to Florida every year. And, and, uh, it was funny coming back. I was just sitting like a sponge listening to him and all his buddies talk. He'd always have a farmer tan, I remember. And it's probably a little crazier back then. None of the wives went. Who knows what the heck happened? I don't want to tell you them stories, maybe. But anyway. <laughs> we might have to change today, this to uh, a PG-13 show or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's, I just, and I, like I said, I, went, I drove the first time there in Wiker's car in 94. And ran, I mean, they were getting 60, 70 cars back then, invert six in the heat races and take three. It was brutal. It was a brutal, it was brutal to go down there and, you know, everybody's, like now everybody's 
hungry to race and they got their, you know, the new cars and the new motors and new attitudes. And, uh, it's, you know, I've always thought Florida was really tough and I've been fortunate to win a lot down there, but East Bay is just such a fun racetrack. And what happened this year, even is kind of what happens. You, like I've been really fast there for quite a while. And on Saturday night, it was the worst car I've ever had in my life there almost. <laughs> and, and that's the cool part of it is because it's such a tricky racetrack. Yep. You know, you think you have this great setup and you know, the first night I ran fourth, they put me back six spots for fanning out. I didn't even jump. It was Austin. I started 12th. It was Austin in front of me. And just because I pulled out a line, I mean, it's a white line. I had not passed him yet, and they put me back six spots. It was crazy. Six of them, wow. Oh, my God. Anyway, so that might have helped me because I was a little fired up after that. The, the <laughs> next night, I, I broke something in the steering on the second night. We still hung on to 14th. And then the last night, won our heat, and I was starting seventh. I was in a good spot, and I just totally screwed the car up. I was horrible. But that's that's the part I like about it is that it's a really, really – you listen to everybody talk. Wayne Johnson's won it a couple times, and – you know, and then the next time you come, you're out to launch. I, I say this, you know, I think he's a great driver, Sam Hefferty. He was like three or four time ASCS champion and came in there one year. And I think you missed the show every night or two yeah. or three of the night. So it's just a really tough racetrack, really, really good teams and drivers. You'll come in there and just not, if you don't catch the setup, but man, you will struggle. So <laughs> to me, it's a, it's, a, it's more of a driver's track and it's in a chassis track. And I ran second to, Aaron Reitzel three or four years ago with a 12-year-old Gertie engine that Rick Mastell loaned me. So, um, you know, it's just a fun. And, and then, like, watching them races this year, like Austin said in his interview, the late models are up there banging the fence. It was a blast. You know, the, almost every night there was a guy in the bottom, guy in the middle, guy in the top. Yeah. And, as a, you know, uh, two or three guys came from the back of the A feature that last night and got up to the top ten for sure. But Reitzel got the fifth. You know, so if you're good – you can go forward there. And that's the fun part of it, yeah. I think. And I just have a ton of friends down there, Burnett's Rockin' Landscaper, Randy Burnett, uh, Morgan Strawberry Farms, and Myers International Midways, Bobby Myers. I mean, these guys have been my friends for 25 years, and they really take care of us. And we come down there, put us up, give us trucks to drive, and you feed us. And, you know, we just have a blast. It's just such a fun, fun time. And, yeah, I've, just, I've kind of been blocking it out that it's going to uh, close, but it's kind of hit me now. It's pretty pretty depressing, but uh, that is super cool. Carson Carson was actually really, really fast there. He was in that, you know, the top six after the three nights redraw, and Carson yep. was in that at least like two or two or three times the first couple times he went. So, um, you know, we've had just a lot of good success there, and, and there's just so many good memories. You know, that's part of the fun is just all the friends you make in sprint car racing with oh, such good yeah. people. The family, around, you, so. the family, new family you make, more or less, you could say. We've yeah, talked about absolutely. that a lot on the show. And you're down here in shorts and getting sunburned. I mean, that you know, when you read at home that it's 10 below zero or something, that makes you laugh, and it's kind of funny. You're down here racing sprint cars. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so like that track, like you said, one, one night you're there, you feel like you're a superstar, and then the next night it humbles you right back to <laughs> thinking you don't know anything. So that's kind of interesting. Never looked, well, never, never knew that aspect of the track. You know, kind of wondered because well, we've seen guys like you said. One night they look really good, and the next night they suck. And it's it's the you well, know the nature of the beast. What happens you there say. too is that it's that I tell the boys, and it's happened a few times. I've seen that you could re, you could lead thirty nine laps on the final final night, and a long yellow comes out, and you'll run fifth. I mean, the track changes. People talk about the tide. I don't really think it was the tide as much as it's just the moisture in the air. And, and the tires and, you know, these right rear mediums, especially with the 360 seal up and the left rear allowed drive it. So, so many, you know, when Ronald Laney won it, it was an awesome race. I I started back a little ways and me and Gary Wright come up through them and got to the front. And Ronald Laney, I believe, started on the front, backed up. 
And then same deal had yellow, long red, and he just smoked us. He just drove around <laughs> us and left us sit. And so and that's the fun of it. And it's just such a tricky, tricky surface. And it's big and wide race. You know, the wider the track, the better, I think. You yep. know, for slide jobs or whatever. So um, I just, I honestly, I said it, you know, especially tracks you're successful at, you, you always like them. But it's one of my top three or four favorite tracks in the country. Always has been. And so was I-80. And so we lost... For me and my sons, we lost two of our top five favorite tracks in the country, and that's that, that really sucks because both those tracks just put on good races, and if you're fast, you can come from the back. Yep, absolutely. So um, that's a, this is a little bit of a tougher question maybe for you, but um, what are some of your, your biggest wins? I mean, you've had a lot of them, but, I mean, not even necessarily say a, a Eldora win, or I mean, just a, a win that meant a lot to you. You got a couple that stand out maybe, or? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I just I've ran great at the nationals. I've, I would, I think my record at Eldora is is better than almost anybody's. Really, I I don't think I've ran out of the top ten at the Kings Royal, but one time when I was running fourth and hit the fence and knocked Frenand out. But I always really liked Eldora and won the night before the Kings Royal. That was kind of big for me. And, and the next night, um, I I went out late, qualified seventh, and I started the first heat. Blah blah blah. I ended up running the B, and <clears throat> I came through them and. Yeah, if it hadn't laid rubber, I think I would have won it from the B main. Really? With no yellow. That's how fast we were. I ended up running fifth, but it laid rubber after like 23 laps. It was unfortunate for us, but it is what it is. But um, I just, I loved Eldora back then. You really had, it really, you know, you had to have some balls to, to bang that fence. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, that, that you know, winning Flimmer Knights at the Nationals is big. And I don't know. Uh, I, I think the night for the Kings Royal for me is was such, it was a really big event just because big win because of the event everything yep. So. yep is uh is there one place that you haven't won that you really wish you could have or still will <laughs> i don't know about that um <laughs> my my I'm, my career is slowly dwindling away here but um i said i said i don't i hate when people retire other than motley crew i hate when people retire and come back so i'm not going to say i'm retiring and I'm just slowly fade away but yeah you remember those ones you wish you'd have won i mean i was fortunate enough to win at williams grove and win at eldora and i've won at knoxville and um uh there, you know there's definitely big races like like the king's Royal. i think we should have won it a couple times and the nationals i think the one time in particular i should have won it but I, but that's experience and it's easy to say afterwards the things you should have done differently but um, you know, I, I don't know. I've been pretty fortunate. I've won, like you said, a lot of states and a lot of tracks and, uh, had a pretty good career. So I'm, I, I fight, I tell people all the time, my wife, if I die tomorrow, I don't want to die tomorrow, but I've had a great life and my career has been awesome. And, you know, I have no regrets really. Cool. Um, let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, you do a lot for racing and a lot for the racing community. I mean, you're a heck of a promoter and stuff. So let's talk about your race a little bit at Oski. Um, what do you all have to go through? What what's what what do you have to do to get this put on each year? I mean, it's not it's just a one off thing, you could say. So it can't be simple. Well, it's a little easier now because we've done it for so long. And Lori, I, I tell people, I kind of take care of the pit side of the of the fence, and she takes care of the the grandstand side of the fence. She's a lot better at dealing with people than I am, and and uh, you know selling the tickets and doing all that stuff. But uh, you know we've been fortunate to have some great sponsors, you know that uh, have stayed on for years and years. And Sage Fruit is, uh, I mean Chuck Sinks is a great great guy and sponsors lots of cars and events, and, and we're fortunate to have him. But uh, 
you know, it's a little easier. It's just nerve wracking. You know, you only got really one shot at it. And I always tell people the most important thing there is about promotion is the one thing you have zero control over, and that's the weather. Yep. So uh, it seems like we've always, I think a couple of years ago, <laughs> Mike Roberts is my right hand man, and besides Lori, and, uh, and he told me, he's like, this is the first year that I, in the last, he keeps track of it, like last 12 years, we didn't have a, a chance of rain <laughs> every year. You know, that's just that way in August when it's so hot, you know, those things can pop up, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. So that's the most nerve wracking thing is just the weather really. But, uh, you know, I just, honestly, I tell them all the time. I just, all I care about is safety and that, you know, if we get through the night, my favorite thing is we get through the night and, and the ambulance doesn't ever have to leave. To me, that's a great event. And if we could make a few bucks on the, you know, besides that, then that's just icing on the cake. Yeah. Uh, I will say you go back a lot of years when we first started, we were some of them fans that liked to watch the crashes. And I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, and then, okay. That's that's part of it. I mean, and then I, we I got a, that. but we got a little older and started helping on some different cars with Steve <laughs> and stuff. And it's like, no, this wrecking shit ain't no fun. So, you know, yeah, we kind of got away sure. from that as we got older. Well, I've just I've been I've been everything in racing pretty much. I was a little boy, I was, so I was that kid in the stands that we talked about earlier. Um, you know, that idolized Joe Saldana and Jerry yep. Blundy and Roger Rager and all these guys. And, you know, so I know what it's like to be that person. And my dad raced, my dad owned teams, you know, so I've, you know, I've done about everything in the sport. So I try to see everybody's side when you come to our event, Bill McCroskey and I had kind of a saying, it's like, if you come to our race, you know, sometimes racing isn't that great. It's just the way it is. Dirt yeah. track racing. Sometimes yeah. it sometimes might be somewhat of a boring race, but yep. we want you to come, we want you to leave and go, you know what? The racing wasn't that great, but we had a great time. So yep. we really focus on the goodies for the fans, especially, I mean, along with, with, with Chuck Sinks and Sage Fruit and Hoosier and Budweiser, a bunch of our sponsors all year long, like Smith Titanium and uh, all these people. That, a lot of times I just get them to give me free shirts and hats and goodies. And two years in a row now, we've thrown out over 2,000 hats and shirts and things like wow. that. And Lori had a uh, hundred uh, goodie bags for kids last year with glow sticks and, and decals, all kinds of racing decals in them and all kinds of stuff for the kids. And so, you know, we try to do something to make everybody happy. That's hard to do when you're a promoter because, you know, people are competitive and they want to win. And, and yep. uh, so, uh, you know, I think we have a really cool trophy. We pay a lot of money. We got goodies. Like I said, you know, every every heat race last year was worth over $2,000 from different from HRP and Smith Titanium and all the folks that kicked in. And it makes it more fun. And we still have our six in the heat races. So, you know, generally it's 17 through 24th are going to win the heat races. And those are the guys who probably might not run top 10 in the feature. So it's sure. a good way of spreading out, you know, spreading out yep. the money, the gifts, and making it more fun. So everybody kind of, not everybody, but a lot of people get you know, more of the goodies and accolades and that kind of thing when they leave there and have fun. So I have to ask this question because I personally love it because I'm, I'm slow and fat, but you, the dash guys have to sprint to get their starting spots. How the heck did you come up with this idea? Well, you know, two years ago, because of the COVID and all this stuff going on, and there was a real tire shortage, we were concerned that we were going to have to cancel our event because, you know, it wasn't a sanctioned event. It wasn't an all-star or an outlaw or yeah. whatever. So, um, but fortunately, Neil Kalman, kind of the head of, one of the heads of uh, Who's Your Dirt is a good friend of mine. And I was scared that we were going to have to cancel, you know. So, um, you know, they were definitely saving their tires for the nationals and that kind of stuff. So uh, I talked to him ahead of time. He's like, no, I got enough set aside. You know, everybody can have one new right rear. So we were short on tires. 
and I didn't want to run a dash or anything where guys would have to put on good tires and and uh, we just thought it'd be a great race, to, a great way to, to get them to line up. I'm always thinking of goofy stuff like that. You know, um, the king of the, you know, the, I mean, the, uh, God dang it, the front row challenge was my, my invention. I was just remember, I was thinking, how do I make the fast guys go to the back? You know, and I was thinking, yeah. well, what would make me go to that? Why, what would make me go to the back? You know, I was back in the day and I was like, well, if someone paid me, I'd go to the back. So that's where I came up with the front row challenge idea offering the front row to the back. But um, it's just gotten to be where we pay too much and the competition is so good. It's hard to get, you know, in the high limit, found that out trying to get guys just to go back to the yeah. Oh, yeah, they're dice <laughs> roll. I was laughing because I'm like, you guys didn't learn for you. Maybe if you talk to me, you'd realize people aren't going to do it. But um, <laughs> it took them a but year, the but race, they figured it out. Yeah, the foot race is basically because we didn't have any tires. I was looking for something else. But, with, you know, and then uh, folks in Priority Aviation came on. They're big. They work out all the time and they're running and perfect sponsors for that event. And, uh, and, uh, so it pays really good. It's 1500 to win and it pays good. Everyone gets paid this to start and, and, um, you know, the big check and all that stuff. But now the fans love it so much. I, cause I thought maybe the drivers might get, you know, get tired of it or mad at it or whatever. They don't have to run that far. You know what I mean? It's not you know. hundred, it's a 40 yard dash the most, but, um, I mean, they're all competitive people. That most of them really like it, and the fans love it. I mean, I've, any fan that's ever talked to me is like, "Do not get rid of that," because kind of like you see, they get to see our race is just a way to start the week off. You know, it's the nationals. There's so much pressure, and you know, there's so much money at stake and sponsors and everybody. And that our our event is just a great way to start the week and have fun. And, yep. and the pressure is. I mean, it's still twenty one thousand the win and pays great and all that. But um, they're um, having so fun while they're there. Yeah, and it's a fun way to doing it, and it's not the guy with the biggest motor that's going to win that. All you know, Carson Macedo, he's been right there, and I was pretty impressed with the old concrete kid. He was uh, he was pretty fast there two years ago too. So yep. um, you know, it, 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 the fans really love it, and that's what means the most to me. And they kind of see the drivers in a different light right there. I mean, Kyle Larson two years ago, I, he found you know he ran fourth or fifth or whatever, and he stayed right there and watched it. Was laughing his butt. They were all laughing and having a great time. So to me, that's fun and. Again, the fans get to see the drivers. Kind of a different light, the way to start the week. Yep. Who was it? Ran a, somebody ran a barefoot last year, didn't they? It was McFadden. McFadden, yeah. Well, he's <laughs> well, always taking his shoes off. But. Then he had to win and drink out of his freaking shoe. That's about the grossest <laughs> exactly. thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't know. They're saying he's doing a shoey. I didn't know what that was. Right? You know, he got up on top of the thing, and I give him. I'm like, "What is a shoey?" Yeah, and he had won the foot race barefooted. So, I don't know. I'm hoping he sterilized those feet a little bit before he put the old shoes on. But <laughs> I you don't know, think he cares. Win, yeah, his, he won a lot of money. He got the belt. His immune system's strong, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's no way in hell I'm drinking out of my shoe. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be some strong ass Everclear. She'd have her sterilized before you drank her. So, so what's left for Terry McCarl? You, you know, if if you do stop racing, are you going to be a promoter, or what's 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 the plans? Yeah, I mean that's kind of been my plan. You know, I just uh, I, I love sprint racing. Like so sprint racing, like I said, I've just been around it my whole life and very passionate about it. And my son's race and. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I want to make the sport better. I, you know, all those ideas we do and things we do and I see other people copy them at first. It kind of irritates me, but it's awesome. I just want to see, I feel like we've raised the bar in promotion 
and other people are doing it. Now the high limits really doing it. The outlaws are doing it more and you just see a lot of fun things and, you know, but the main thing is the racing. You guys still got to put on good racing and have sprint car racing. It can't be all these gimmicks all the time too. But, um, you know, I probably, I'm just slowly fading away and, uh, uh, you know, I'll just probably promote a few more races. Maybe who knows? I'm not sure what I'll do. And I, I'd probably be a, I was going to be a male dancer, but, all these scars and stuff. I don't know if the ladies would like all these scars. Well, uh, it's, it's dim in them rooms, so they wouldn't see the scars right away. How do you yeah, know, Tom? I've been to them. Well, not for the male dancers. I was but just wondering. We used to go for softball, you know. Um, so how many races are you planning on for yourself this year, Terry? I mean, you're racing in Florida Actually, now, so you're obviously going to race this year some, but. Yeah, actually more than last year. Last year I kind of scaled back and helped Austin a bunch and, and uh, he didn't have any crew, and, and now he's kind of got some guys, so he's got a nice little solid crew. He, Austin is basically the crew chief, like I always was, pretty much, and makes all the decisions himself. So um, I'm going to actually drive the 0-1 uh, Alan and Kayleen Verville's car that Sammy Swindell drove at Knoxville last year. Oh, yeah, I'm going to drive yeah. it. Yeah, really nice people. I drove out, uh, went out to Arizona last fall and won, won in their car out there. And um, so we're going to run weekly at Knoxville and that thing, and then I don't have to work on it. I just show up and uh, be, you know, some big time 360 driver. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a, that'll give me more time to take my car and get it ready. And you know, like we went up, Rand Spencer won that thing last year. So yep. I plan on, you know, maybe coming up to Rock Rapids, running some of those tracks that I really. I just go in places that I like and that I'm having fun at. And if I'm ready, I'll go. And if I don't, I won't. You know, I sold my big truck and trailer, and but I got the motor home and a little small trailer and just go places that. Uh, you know, I think I can have a little fun at it. Or my sponsors want to see me at. You know, Kevin DeBerg's uh, uh, been with me for years and years, and Lauren Boz and Boz Fultry, he's been with me since 1995. Really? And, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I come up in that area, the Rock Rapids area, yeah. so they can see us. And, and uh, you never know. You yes, never sir. know where you'll see me. Bosma, that's what, just out of Sibley, isn't it, or something? Yep, yep, yeah. yep. He's uh, He sold his trucking company and stuff, uh, but he's... Uh, and he's right there, always going to a big sprint car fan. And that's the beauty of pay-per-view, kind of like I was talking about Weldon Oldfield. Is so many, like Kevin DeBerg can watch every, watch every race. You know, he can be in Mexico fishing or whatever, still watch on his phone or watch when yep. he gets back. And So that's the beauty of the pay-per-view is, you know, all of your sponsors can be still seeing their car, hearing their name, and feel a part of the team. Where back in the day, you know, I understood Weldon never got to see his car race. So, I mean, that's kind of dumb. So uh, that's the beauty of that. And that's actually where Weldon came back with Austin, you know, he gave Austin that idea a couple of years ago. He's like, I want you to drive for me and go for Knoxville and Houston. And uh, he loves it because he's on Pacific time. And if Knoxville gets over 10, yeah, 30, yeah. It's, only, <laughs> it's only 830 his time. He's, you know, 77 years old. So yeah. uh, it works out great. So the pay-per-view works out great for, for sponsors, I think, and car owners that don't get to see their, like, you know, Dennis Roth, people like that. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, even for little peons like us, we sponsor just a few guys locally here with the garage and we were sitting at the nationals last year watching the race at hartford on saturday <laughs> night so yeah just gotta turn we're the phone on spoiled, we're all getting spoiled it's like man like after florida or whatever volusia it's like damn there's no race on tonight we're yeah, yeah no kidding, kidding. <laughs> what are we gonna do tonight oh. we've talked Tracks. about that back in the day you had to wait for open wheel magazine to come out to even find out what yeah. the outlaws had done for the month yeah, for me it was speed sports. Speed sports showed up every Thursday when I was a kid, man. I'd be right there if that if that mailman didn't or delivered on Thursday, I was pissed yeah. off. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Hunting him down, want to know if he forgot it. Did uh, <laughs> yeah. did Ren's Trucking sponsor you for a while, or do they still? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, no, yeah, uh, Jeff uh, sponsors me quite a, quite a while, and, and Carson. And uh, he doesn't anymore, but we're still good friends. We'll still keep in contact. I know he still watches all the races and that stuff. He's uh, he's uh, definitely a big-time sponsor or a big-time race fan. So, uh, yeah. you know, he's, uh, he's a good guy, to, been a good friend of ours at Rock Rapids and all the places. He's always with me when we won and stuff. So that was good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You bet. Well, uh, you know, I think it's time to go to our rapid-fire questions. Um, if there's oh, anything boy. else you want to mention that we didn't bring up, feel free to do it after we're done with this. But We don't, want, we don't want to keep you too long. You're on East Coast time yet. <laughs> I've, been, I've been drinking margaritas, so, you know, you can keep me as long as you want. I guess. <laughs> uh, well, maybe we'll get into some really good stories. But uh, what's, uh, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Ah, uh, strawberry. You have a cat or a dog person? What are you? Dog. Do you have any hobbies other than racing? No. <laughs> <laughs> How about a favorite movie? Uh, that's, that's, I mean, I like Shawshank Redemption. and I got, I, I'm more of a, I don't like uh, scary movies. I, I'm more of an Animal House guy. I can recite Pretty much ninety percent of Animal House. I think you could put that on. Or yep. I made the boys when, when the boys were young, growing up, when they were little. We had a big screen. We had a hundred inch screen there in the house, and I made them on Sunday nights. It was family movie night, so I made them watch Animal House, The Breakfast Club. You know, all those Hollywood nights, all yep. those movies that I loved when I was young. I made them watch them all. So uh, they've been confused. So they, they when I make these dumb references to these movies, they actually get it. They know yep. the <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. It's always got a lot of references yeah. we got there for that one. So no, you bet. Um, do you prefer snow or rain? I hate snow. So well, he lives um, in central to southern was, Iowa. So you don't get much down there. <laughs> I just I, I don't rain except for Monday, August fifth, in Oskaloosa, Iowa. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, if you were going to be stranded on an island, um, what album or what type of music would you have to take along to listen to? Uh, Johnny Gibson and his posse will laugh at me because they hate the Eagles, but I'm a, I'm a big Eagles fan and Bob Seger. It just shows the time I grew up. You know, I was well, What's wrong with the Eagles? I love the There's Eagles. There's a lot Those of good songs in there. About the Eagles. I was, I was youngest of four. I have an older sister, Cindy, too, so... It's funny. I, Lori was the the oldest in her family, so I was privy to listen to the lots of different types of music that my sisters and my brothers would listen to when I was younger. So yep. I was listening to that just kind of older music than I was even at the time. That it's funny that Lori really never got to hear because she was the oldest in her family. But I love all music. I was a DJ at the skating rink and I had the you know I like good rap music. I could I could sing every word to Rappers Delight and. And uh, all kinds, I like all kinds of music. Any music that's good, I really like it. But uh, definitely the Eagles and Bob Seger. There you go. So you've been to a lot of places in your life, so this might be a tough question. But do you have a favorite place to go out to eat? Uh, yeah, it's uh, usually Latin King Italian restaurant in Des Moines or Monterey, the Mexican joint in Altoona. They're, uh, those are my two favorites. Those are my go-tos. No, we, go. we didn't know because, you know, you're, you, you, like you mentioned earlier, your peak physical condition, so that, you know, you got to yes. look for that yes. health food place. But Actually, it's, it's, uh, Latin King sold out. Our buddy Bobby sold it. So there's a place called Simon's. It's a little tiny place uh, in Des Moines there. If anyone gets a chance, Simon's. We were The first time I took Carson there, um, he, he, we sat down and he was like, are we in somebody's living room? What the heck are <laughs> 
it's just kind of small and intimate. It probably only has about 12 tables or something, but the food's really, really good. Simon himself is kind of a young guy there. He's serving drinks, working, hustling. He's pretty awesome. So that's kind of our new favorite. Yeah. A lot of times them little places are usually, they're way oh, better than yeah. a lot of them chain races places. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my son uh, just moved to Ames. He's working at Iowa State, but he uh, um, took us to Cornbread in Ames. And if anybody that's listening is near that area, I highly recommend that. That was outstanding. My burnt ends awesome. were outstanding. So, but that's just a little side note. <laughs> Where are we at now, bud? Okay, how about a favorite holiday, Terry? Christmas. I love Christmas. Yep. Yep. What What app on your phone do you use the most? Um, X. Yep. That's it's funny Twitter. how you have That's the old Okay, I don't use either one, so <laughs> Bud had to clarify stuff for me. Um, how many speeding tickets do you think you've had in your lifetime, Terry? Uh, probably about four, four or five. That's a good four low five. number. Yeah, except that me and we'd race late at Knoxville, and Lori would drive to Houston every Sunday, and me and the boys would be sleeping, she'd be listening to NASCAR, and we'd get there in like three hours and three and a half hours, three and 45 minutes, something like that. I'm like, what the hell? There's no way. She's like, I go, you speeding? Nope. Nope. Never got a ticket. Yeah. I go, you know, five over one time, boom, ticket. It used to tick me off. She never got a ticket. I know she drives like a lunatic. So people ask you that all the time. They're like, you race car driver, you drive fast. I don't drive fast, to be honest with you. I, I, it drives my kids crazy for a long trip. I'll go three or four over and that's it. She's, I have a CDL and everything too, but yeah. You know. uh, I don't really speed. I do it on the racetrack if I can. Lori just smile real pretty and wave as she'd drive by the trooper on the interstate <laughs> and they'd just let her go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so I know there had to be a time or two that you did drive fast on the highway. What What is the fastest you've ever actually driven on the highway? Um, she had this uh, Super Sport SS... Uh, trailblazer we bought from carl chevrolet and this thing was awesome it had a corvette engine in it you know four-door black but it was kind of lowered with these badass tires on it i had it 138 miles an hour and it didn't it didn't have a guy it didn't it didn't stop it, it was still climbing i shut her down at 138 so that's about the fastest i think i've ever went that's good enough <laughs> um <laughs> well we know you're drinking margaritas but is that your favorite go-to beverage or do you have something else yeah, I'm a vodka guy. I'm a Tito's guy. Uh, Tito's lemonade, or if I'm at Monterey, there, uh, it's, it's definitely margaritas. I'm at Janet Holbrook's house, actually, in Florida. Okay. The world, world famous Janet Holbrook, JLT Enterprises. <laughs> She's making. She should be. A, she should be in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. She won the Nationals with Tim Schaefer. She's won the All Star Championship. How many times, Janet? Five times. She's one really? of the all-star champions. Yep. So is she mixing woman. your margaritas for you then, or do you got to mix your she own? Actually, she is. I'm lazy. I sit here on my big old fat belly and have <laughs> Lori and her take care of me. So uh, Bullshitting no. with a couple of guys up in northwest Iowa and drinking a margarita. It ain't all bad night yeah, for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wore shorts all day, so it's a good day. I'm <laughs> so, sunburned. I'm a little sunburned even. That's that's good. Well, I wish I was. We ain't that point yet, but... Um, it, last question for you. 
if if you could own any car in the world and there was no money issue at all, you just won the lottery, is there a car, a pickup, or anything that you've always dreamed of owning? Um, if I won the lottery, I'd probably get a McLaren. Hmm? But my dream car growing up was a 1970 Dodge Charger, you know, with the wing on the back. Oh, yep. oh yeah. The old Super Bird my dad was a My dad was a body man, too. My dad was multi-talented but he would fix cars for bill moyer you know billy moyer the late model guy his dad yep. bill moyer seat and, and uh i remember my dad fixed one of those for me we were giving me a ride i was probably only four or five years old and got a speeding ticket <laughs> in des moines taking it back after he got it fixed and took it back to bill moyer so uh those cars were pretty awesome <laughs> got a 440 magnum in them or something yep. they were pretty pretty amazing yep you bet. need old cars i love old cars oh yeah if I was, if I won the lottery, that's I'd be like Jay Leno. I'd have me a warehouse, yep, full of old cool cars that I drive. Yep, just, yeah, you gotta drive them. Yeah, they're no fun to have if they're just sitting there. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Henceforth, I got a '69 that I drive, and I got a '79 that I push with. So <laughs> there you go. Nice. <laughs> so keep it old school. So what's the deal with Doug Johnson? What's the big? They raised the purse again. That's pretty nice at Houston. What else yep. Doug got up his sleeve? You know, they really nothing too much else. They were going to really add some stuff in turn four, but uh, engineers got involved, and uh, it sounds like that's going to wait a year. Um, campsites they're adding, and uh, a concert or two possibly. But really, going that's, back to the that's going back to the MD. They going back to the MD fifties too. He did not say about tires. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't think they make those anymore. <laughs> Probably not, but oh. he didn't, we didn't talk too technical and stuff, but. No. That's no, a great guy. They Doug, still don't Doug have the shed job. done. The new race shop's not done yet, so. Yeah. But. No, Terry, thanks so much for coming on. Um, you know, all the McCarls, it sounds like you guys are going to have a great year, and, you know, we're excited to watch you. Yeah, Austin, I, I told Austin, I said, man, I love that you're carrying on the McCarl name here at East Bay. At least one of us got a win and got a trophy and one of them big Happy Gilmore checks. That's, that's, uh, that's, I was happy how excited he was and, you know, how sentimental he was knowing the place was going to close and you got a victory there. But, uh, you know, race is tough. Anytime you can win, it's, it's difficult. Everybody's so fast nowadays. So it just takes a, people don't understand when you, we were both kind of emotional and it's just we put our heart and soul into this thing. Everything, that's all we, I don't have a hobby like you asked, and that's all we do is live, eat, and breathe, and sleep this stuff, and that's all Austin does too, and, and uh, he's a really, really good mechanic. You know, Carson, Carson's built all my cars for the last three or four years, and before, I mean, before that, Austin built my cars. In 2012, Austin, the year before, was like, like the, one of the youngest, he still is one of the youngest guys ever make the Amy the Nationals, and the next year he didn't have a ride. He built all my cars. And fueled all my engines, and I won the Knoxville and Houston championships back then. With Austin was my crew chief. He just couldn't drive the truck. I had to drive the truck up there, and he'd sleep and <laughs> and then work on it. And then Carson's done that for me the last uh, probably three years. Built all my cars and took everything for me. So um, they're both pretty great mechanics and can build the cars themselves and do everything themselves if they have to. Yeah. You bet. And I like the Happy Gilmore reference. Another good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, thanks again, Terry. We really appreciate this. Hey, Monday, August 5th, Front Row Challenge. Tickets are on sale right now. All right. Sounds good. A lot more fun. It looks like we got another, I'd say we probably have probably pretty close to 2,000 hats and shirts and goodies and stuff to throw to the fans again this year. And, of course, all the other fun things going on. But uh, we'll think of something new one of these days, too.
There you go. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, you thank, you. thank you. Take care. All right, talk to you then. Ow, son of a gun! What the heck did you do now, bud? Wow, frick, I nailed my dang fingers trying to fix these cabinets. Well, you know what? It's time we freaking just get somebody to build us some cabinets. Well, it'd be better than you and me doing it. Yeah, you got that right. Too bad we ain't a little closer to PA. We can call Mount Tabor Cabinetry. Yeah, I heard Chris Fizzle's one of the best. That's what that's what I've heard according to things we read and see, but Yeah. So if you want to Maybe reach we out, can call him for tips. Absolutely. You know, I bet he might help us out. But his number is 717-752-7014. One more time. 717-752-7014. 7014 or look up Mount Tabor Cabinetry on Facebook. Where are you going now, bud? We ain't done yet. I gotta freaking go get some band-aids. I'm bleeding like a sieve. Well, well stop the recording before you go because I don't know how. Hey. Don't, he didn't disappoint. Was, no, Terry did awesome. I think we should have him on again. <laughs> or we could call him a half an hour from now after another margarita or two and see what stories we get then. Yeah, that would be interesting. But that was fun. And, you know, we knew he'd been racing for a long time, but there's been a McCarl, what did he say, his uncle started in 50, the 50? 54? 50, I don't know. 54, but, 58. So you're, you're looking at like 70 years there's been a McCarl racing at Knoxville. That's crazy. That's 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 cool. That really is. I mean, that's neat that yeah. they've been doing it that long. And the boys aren't done. No. And they have kids. Yeah. So this, they might still be racing when we're not be able to watch races no more. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So that's really neat. So and hopefully they're still racing going on then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm kind of glad my voice made it through. I had I had a PE hockey tournament today. So fourth grade had the hockey tournament and they they were, were you doing a little hollering. They were they were pretty jacked. And, you know, I had to make sure the right teams were playing. So after the horn would go, after the four minutes they played, I'd have to yell out the teams. And I was a little worried what my voice would be like tonight. But you made it or they would have been stuck with me and that would have been horrible. Yeah. Well, we would have won all our viewers. Yeah, right, Tobe. <laughs> Good one. Good one. You're, you're, you're what makes the show go, Tobe. Whatever. You do all the work. I no, just I do the work. Talk. You do the talking. See? <laughs> So, but thanks again to all of our listeners. Thanks to Terry McCarl. Yeah, best of luck in everything they do this year, him and the boys. They sound like they all got their seasons pretty well planned out. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to get to see enough of them. 